0: Hello, and welcome to Lessons with Dad. I'm here with Ruthie. Hi. And we are in Chapter 23 of Luke, the next to last chapter. We're going to read through the trial and crucifixion of Jesus. So this is one of the most important chapters of the entire New Testament. And so at this point, just to set it up, Ruthie, in 22, uh, in our last uh, lesson, we went over what was Jesus accused of what he was? He, oh, well, first of all, let's talk about he was taken when at the day or night. Night at night. And they came to the Mount of Olives. And so the Jewish leaders of the church came in and had him arrested by, with a mob in the middle of the night because they knew what they were doing was wrong and they didn't want all the people that followed Jesus and all the people that came to see him preach, if they arrested him in the middle of the day, they would throw a fit because he's there preaching and teaching and doing miracles. So they wanted to do it at night when all the crowds weren't around. So they get him. And what did they accuse him of? What what question did they ask uh, when they really wanted to find out if he had done something wrong? Do you remember that?
1: They asked if he was the Messiah.
0: That's right. As if he was the Messiah, and he was very clear in his answer. And uh, at the end, they asked, Read this right here. Look, um, read that right there, Ruthie.
1: God's right hand. No, then you, no. then you claim you are the son of God, and he replied, "You are right in saying that I am."
0: So that's right. It was very clear. You are right in saying that I am. I am the son of God, and then at that point, they shout, "We ourselves heard him say it right," and to them, that's blasphemy. But this, is this really a crime? Has he done anything wrong? No. No. And so now the Jews, who are the religious people in Israel, and Israel's ruled by what group now? Who rules in Israel?
1: Romans.
0: The Romans do. So the Romans are the people that actually have power to judge people. The church, all they could really do is kick them out of the synagogue or whatever. Um, they don't have authority to rule and pass judgments on people. That is the Roman government. So let's read starting chapter three with that in mind. What, what are they going to do next?
1: Then the entire council took Jesus over to, how do you say that? Pilate. Pilate, the Roman governor. They began at once to state their case. This man has been leading our people to ruin by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government. And by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Jesus replied, "Yes, it is as you say."
0: So this, so two big things here, Ruthie. <laughs> one, what's the first claim that they bring to Pilate that the religious of law or the religious leaders? What What's the first thing they they t- say to Pilate? What is the first accusation they make? When they begin to state their case
1: they have been leading their people to ruin by, by telling them to not pay their taxes so
0: not paying taxes that's a big deal in Rome everybody needs to pay taxes that's never anything they talked about and so they're trying to plead to him really on that case and then they go oh and yeah he's also claiming to be the Messiah and so then Pilate asked very clearly are you the king of the Jews And again, Ruthie, we want to go back to because you're going to hear from people through high school, through college, through the rest of your life. Some people are going to say, well, Jesus really never said who he was. He clearly did. And it led to his death. If he didn't say these things, he wouldn't have been crucified. So he was very clear. Pilate directly asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus' reply, yes. So, all right, continue on. Right
1: there. Jesus replied. No, no, right uh, there. Pilate turned to the leading priests and to the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became desperate, but he is causing riots everywhere he goes, all over Judea from Galilee to Jerusalem. Oh, he is a Galilean, Pilate asked. When they answered that he was, Pilate sent him to the, how do you say Sent him to Herod to Herod. Antipas. house because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the time.
0: So there were two different leaders. So you have Pilate, who's over Jerusalem, and then like the governor of uh, Galilee is, is there in town during the Passover as well, both Roman people. So because... Pilate doesn't really want to rule on this. He goes, oh, I'll send you over to Herod and let him rule on this because really there's nothing wrong with this. And now the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders are getting worried because he doesn't want to do anything. And so we'll see, they start getting all this mob of people worked up to say bad things about him when really most of the people in Jerusalem uh, are for Jesus. the You're going to see the Jewish leaders really kind of, get a whole group of people that can start yelling and screaming and supporting what they want. Um, but but let's see, hear what happens next. So he, he says he's going to send him over to Herod.
1: Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle.
0: So an- another big point here. So Herod was, from the, was uh, the ruler over Galilee, the Roman leader. So even the Romans... Heard about the miracles and the things Jesus had done so here's someone that's not a believer uh, and as a Christian and certainly not a Jew so Herod is excited to see Jesus because he's like oh my goodness I've heard about all the things he's done the miracles he's done I'm gonna get a chance to see this so let's hear what happens when he goes to see him
1: he asked Jesus question after question but Jesus refused to answer Meanwhile, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations.
0: So what do you think if you have someone that's powerful like Herod, he's excited to see Jesus and he asks him question after question and Jesus says nothing. What do you think that would do to Herod? How 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 do you think he would act or feel? Is he, as a leader, a Roman leader, do you think he's used to not being obeyed? No. No, he's not. So when Jesus disobeys him and doesn't even answer, what do you think? How do, what, how do you think he gets?
1: He would be really mad.
0: He would. Yes, you're exactly right. He'd be really mad. Not just mad, really mad. And so he's getting frustrated and upset. One, he was excited to see him because he wanted to see some miracles. And now Jesus, he probably feels as being insubordinate um, and not answering his, his questions. And he's frustrated and mad. So let's see what happens next.
1: Now Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Then they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him. Uh, I
0: have examined him. Oh,
1: examined him thoroughly. Yep. On this point, in your presence, and find him innocent. Herod So came he finds
0: to... him innocent. So Jesus has done nothing wrong, in his opinion, right? And so he finds him innocent. Now hear what happens.
1: Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty, so I will have him flogged, but then I'll release him.
0: So at this point, he's free. He might—he's going to get flogged, which is a horrible thing, getting whipped, um, and it's—it's it's brutal. But he's going to have him flogged and then release him. Then what happens? So this is interesting because now he's going to be set free. Is that what the Jewish leaders want? no no so here they've riled up a crowd and got a bunch of people and here's what here's what happens
1: then a mighty roar rose from the crowd and with one voice they shouted kill him and release barabbas barabbas to us barabbas was in prison for murder and for taking part in an insurrection insurrection in jerusalem against the government pilate argued with them because He wanted to release Jesus, but they shouted, crucify him, crucify him.
0: So if you were there and you're Jesus, you've done nothing wrong. He's found you innocent and everybody's yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. What would you say? Would you say something to defend yourself or say, hey, look, you found me innocent. Nothing should happen. Would you be yelling or screaming or saying, don't do anything to me, Pilate?
1: I would say that I'm innocent and I shouldn't be, like, have anything done to me.
0: That's right. We'd all be saying that. We'd be saying, but what is Jesus saying during all this? Nothing. Nothing. He's saying nothing. Why do you think he's saying nothing?
1: Um... i don't
0: know you're not sure it's it's a a hard question and i i think he's saying nothing because this is god's plan and he's there to fulfill god's plan and it was predicted that in, in their predictions in the old testament ruthie that say like a lamb before the slaughter you know he would be silent meaning not saying anything and so that's like a sacrificial lamb which is what jesus represents the sacrifice for all mankind. He would be silent before his accusers. So he's not there defending himself and saying, oh, this, a, a normal person would be there yelling and screaming, Herod, please don't let him kill me. Why would, why would I be killed? I'm innocent. I've done nothing wrong, right? But here, Jesus is saying nothing. You've got the Roman leaders working this crowd up and trying to have Jesus crucified. So let's, let's read what happens here. For
1: the third time, he demanded why. What crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death. I will therefore flog him and let him go. But the crowd shouted louder and louder for Jesus' death, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. And they had requested, but he released Barabbas, Barabbas, the man in prison for um, insurrection insurrection and murder. But he delivered Jesus over to them to do as they wished.
0: right, so let's hear what happens next. Go ahead and read a little bit. Good job. As they led Jesus away, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country just then was forced to follow Jesus and carry his cross. And so what they skip here is Jesus and you hear this remember, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and john, and all of them you know, tell eat tell this part. Well, tell the whole New Testament from their individual perspective. Some give more detail than others on this part. But before Jesus was crucified, he was flogged, which means he was whipped, and it, it was just a very painful, horrific thing to be whipped like that um, by the Romans. And so that happened. And so this side, it's an interesting point that they mention that Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country just then was forced to follow Jesus and carry his cross. So the only reason you wouldn't be able to carry your, cro- your own cross is if you weren't strong enough or you were in so much pain or something had happened. And from the flogging, Jesus was so beaten and tired that he couldn't carry the cross. So they made this other person do it. So great crowds trailed along behind, including many grief-stricken, woman, grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, Don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains to fall on them and the hills to bury them. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Basically, Jesus is saying, look, if these things can happen while I'm here, the Son of God is here, what will happen when I'm gone? Two others, both criminals, were let out to be executed with him. Finally, they came to a place called the Skull, and three were crucified there, Jesus on the center cross, and two criminals on either side. Jesus said, and this is amazing, Ruthie, Jesus said, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they are doing. So if people were there just killing me and the Jews and the, leader, the leaders of the Jewish church and the Romans, if they all just sentenced me to death for when I was innocent, <laughs> I think I'd be a little upset. How would you feel?
1: Upset. <laughs> not, not good
0: about it, right? You're being killed. You're being tortured. And but, but what does Jesus say? Forgive these people because they don't know what they are doing. So he realized he's doing this because it's part of God's plan. That's why he didn't, you know, beg for his life. And he realizes the people that are doing it don't even understand what they're doing, Ruthie. They don't know what's happening. And then it says, and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders laughed and scoffed. He saved others, they said. They said Let him save himself if, if he is really God's chosen one, the Messiah. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A signboard was nailed to the cross above him with these words. Now, this is interesting, right? And they would put above the cross, when people were crucified, the crime that they had committed on why they were there. And this is what his sign read above, above him. This is the king of the Jews. That was his crime, claiming to be the king of the Jews, which is what he claimed so if, you, if people ever ask you, Ruthie, or say, hey, Jesus didn't claim to be the Messiah or uh, our Savior, it's very clear that he did say exactly who he was. And it, it even said it right over the top of his cross. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested don't you fear God even when you are dying? We deserve to die for our, our evil deeds, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? So here's here's a person. They pro- these, these people that are going to be executed probably heard the trial you know, when when he was being tried in, with Pilate and Pilate saying he's innocent, and yet he gets crucified with them, they'd probably heard the rumors about him, maybe even seen some of the miracles. And so one scoffs at him, makes fun of him, and the other realizes who he is and what he said and asks Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. And King and Jesus, because of his faith, says that he'll, he'll join him in paradise and in heaven. By this time, it was noon. And darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly a thick veil hanging in the temple was torn apart. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. So he must have been there hanging on the cross for, you know, hours and finally collapsed and died. Normally it took days to die on the cross, but Jesus, after being whipped, probably, and you have, I mean, just tears the flesh from your back and your back of your legs. Really, it's horrible. And so he's probably bleeding a bunch and been tortured and beaten. Um, and so he dies right there. And so and it, just to read his words again, his last words were, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the captain of the Roman soldiers handling the execution saw what had happened, he praised God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when the crowd came to see the crucif the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw all that had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus's friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. they're probably still scared, Ruthie. The people that were with Jesus were probably worried if they're going to kill him and, and murder him without it, you know while he's still innocent, I better watch out they might come for me next Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council, but he had not agreed with the decision and accusations of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea and had been waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation for the Sabbath. So this was laid on Friday when Jesus died. So they took his body down, wrapped it all up. And, and this man, Joseph, went and asked Pilate if he could get his body and bury it so he could have a proper burial. As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where they placed his body. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to embalm him. But by the time they were finished, it was a Sabbath. So they rested all that day as required by the law. So they weren't allowed to touch a dead body on the day of the Sabbath, Ruthie. So they just went um, and said they'd come back later. They had to take that day off and not um, not do anything. So that's the end. So that's the, the trial and crucifixion of Jesus. And it's crazy to think it's clear that he had done nothing wrong and was just accused uh, of these things, but they they murdered him anyway. But that was part of God's plan. Any thoughts or questions on, uh, on that chapter?
1: Um, I like the part where they, um, Jesus wasn't saying anything. Yeah. Like not saying how he shouldn't be punished
0: and shouldn't be killed and stayed quiet. I mean, that, that is a big deal Ruthie, and it's a fulfillment of prophecy for one and two, um, I think God had to be with him then. Don't you in, in the Holy spirit? I think guiding him uh, because it had to be terribly difficult. And and even the night before, you remember when he was on the Mount of Olives and he was praying and he said, God, please take if 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 there's another way, take this cup of suffering away from me, right? And there he's standing right before he knows he's gonna be whipped, he knows he's gonna be crucified, and he has a chance to get himself out of it. But what do you remember what Jesus said after he said, if there's another way, let it happen? What what, what did he finish that prayer with to God? not my will your will but yours that's right that's right and so i i really think that god's spirit was with him during that to help him be be quiet and to suffer through what he was about to have to endure so yeah that was uh it was interesting and and hard to understand for us why he wouldn't be begging for his life but uh Again, one of the most important chapters. The most important chapter is the next one, though. That's that's the day we celebrate Easter on, on the next one, when Jesus rises from the dead. Because we know as Christians, the Romans and them, they thought when Jesus was dead, that was the end. But we know there's more to the story. And that's what we're going to hear about next time. So I'm excited, excited about the last chapter, our next chapter, chapter 24. Uh, Those joining on the podcast, thank you for listening and the exciting conclusion to to the book of Luke next week.